listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello and welcome to Six Figure Dog Business. I'm your host, Ty Brown of SixFigureDogBusiness.com. Now, this is the show where we help you start or grow your pet-related business to a healthy six-figure-per-year profit. Now, the topic of today's show is a very interesting topic. It's a business growth strategy that anyone can do. You can start it tomorrow, and it costs you $0. Sound good? Well, good. Stick around, and we're going to get into it. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these, awesome deals go to petcodeals.com that's petcodeals.com petco where the pets go dyson the new dyson animal backs are powerful bagless upright backings for homes with pets air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust dirt and pet hair from the home or car to order your dyson animal back go to petliferadio.com forward slash dyson petliferadio.com forward slash dyson to order your dyson animal back today dyson music to your ears Hi, this is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle, and we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, and we're back. And uh, in the introduction, I introduced that uh, we're going to be talking about a business growth strategy that's free in most cases. Anyone can do it. You can start tomorrow, and it, it is one of the fastest ways that you can potentially grow your business. What I'm talking about are strategic alliances. So let me first, uh, well, strategic alliances. Today we're going to call them joint ventures, or sometimes for short, I'll call them JVs. You know, let me define what a JV is. A JV is the marriage or the union of two companies or more, but you know, company A has a resource or an asset, company B has a resource or an asset, 
and they combine assets to ideally create something that is better for both of them. And so that's the definition of a joint venture that we're going to be operating under today. And so let me give you a couple examples just to kind of get your, your brain juices flowing and help you kind of you know think of this on a big scale because the reality is Fortune 500 companies, a great number of them, in fact, most of them do joint ventures or do JVs. And so if they do it, you know, and, and we can learn from them, uh, why shouldn't we be doing it, you know, as small business owners? And so let me give you a couple examples here. Have any of you heard of Soho Natural Soda? What they were is they were a startup producer of natural carbonated beverages. And so they were operating in Brooklyn. In fact, they, were, they started their company out of a kitchen in Brooklyn. But they just had a great recipe and a great product, but they didn't have money you know, to produce this product. They didn't have money to get the warehouse, buy the bottling facility, you know, staff up, which of course, you know, here they are, this young startup company. They're going to need tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands to get started. So here they've got an asset, which is a great, you know, recipe. So they went looking for somebody else that had matching assets that could help them grow. And so it, uh, what Soho did is they actually persuaded a regional beer company to use its excess capacity. So here's this beer company. They've already got the facility. They've already got the bottling. They've already got the ability to make this product. But they've got, you know, a lack of, you know, they've got excess capacity, meaning they're losing money, right? And so it's a natural marriage for these two companies to get together and kind of marry up their two assets. You know, we got the great recipe, the great story on the one side. We got the ability to produce it on the other side. Let's get them together. And so uh, they actually, you know, Soho also did a joint venture with Anheuser-Busch to distribute the product. And what happened in 11 years, it went from kitchen table to $11 million in sales. Think about that. $11 million in sales, but very little liability for them. Now let's say they were able to secure a loan, you know, they were able to dig up as much money as they could on their own, you know, they were able to get out there and hustle with friends and family. They got a ton of liability by the time they get the loan, all that money coming in from friends and family, investors. So now they've got a ton of liability, whereas when they go to this beer company and say, you've got excess stuff, zero liability. So if the business had failed, you know, what are they going to lose? You know, they wouldn't lose anything really in getting into that venture. And so very little overhead or cost. Let me give you some more examples here. This one's about an electronic muffler company, Noise Cancellation Technologies. They developed a cancellation technology that could be used as a replacement for conventional automobile mufflers. And they teamed up with Walker Manufacturing to develop, you know, this new electronic muffler. So noise cancellation had the technology. So this is a very similar case. You know, Noise Cancellation Technologies is a small company that has come up with a product that works. But having just a product isn't going to, you know, make your business. You have to have distribution, manufacturing. You have to have expertise in the marketplace. And so in teaming up with Walker Manufacturing, they had all of that. They had the ability to create the product, deliver orders once they were placed, they had the credibility so that Walker could just walk into their current customers and say, hey, we've got this great product, bam, you know, and, and they've already got the salesman in place to do that. So again, marrying two different assets to create something that works for both companies. Let me give you one more example here because this is one that uh, everyone's heard of these businesses, so it maybe hit a little bit closer to home. So let's talk about Starbucks. Starbucks in 1993 teamed up with Barnes & Noble. Barnes & Noble, what was their asset? Their asset was... They were getting people to come through their door 
and lounge around, you know, and read books and hang out and use Wi-Fi. Well, back then they probably weren't using Wi-Fi. I doubt that existed in 1993. But in any case, they had created an asset, which was people coming into their store and hanging out for a while. Well, what goes along with that perfectly? What goes along perfectly is, is coffee and pastries and things like that. And so it was a perfect marriage. So here Starbucks already has the expertise with coffee and pastries and other snacks and things like that. Here Barnes & Noble already has you know an asset of people coming in through their doors. Why not marry them together? Now, some people are going to say at this point, they're going to say something to the effect of, well, you know, why didn't Barnes & Noble just create their own coffee? Well, for them, that would be creating an entirely new business. And creating an entirely new business has a lot of risk. Creating an entirely new business create, you know, it's a brand new level of expertise that they don't have. And so for Barnes & Noble to go out there and say, okay, we're going to put our own coffee shops in, I'm sure maybe they could have figured it out. But here Starbucks already has a formula that's working. They know it's working. It's obvious that it's working. So why not team up with them? Now, the same thing in reverse you know, Starbucks, they're already creating stores, and if they wanted to, sure, I'm sure they could, you know, they could create a flagship bookstore, you know, a Starbucks bookstore, and, and start bringing people in to read books and also buy their coffee. But that's not where their expertise lays. Their expertise lays in coffee, pastries, and other things like that. And so in marrying the two things together, it was just, you know, a great way to have a, a joint venture. On another end, 1996, a few years later, Starbucks partnered with Pepsi in order to bottle and distribute their coffee. And so maybe some of you have had this. I'm not a coffee drinker, so I'm not going to say whether it's good or bad. I have no idea. But regardless, here, Pepsi is a company, obviously a multi-billion dollar company that already has distribution, already has the ability to manufacture, already has all of these assets going, you know, going for it. And so Starbucks just taps into those assets. And so it's a win-win for both companies. Again, you know, some people would say, well, in order, in Starbucks doing that, they lose a lot of money, right? Because now they're letting Pepsi do this part of it, whereas if they did it themselves, you know, they could keep more of the money and have better margins. And the answer to that is correct. You know, if Starbucks was to create their own distribution system, their own packaging, bottling, warehousing system, uh, by the time that was all said and done, they could probably operate it and keep more of the money for themselves. But again, their expertise lays in, you know, the recipe, the name, the branding. It doesn't, you know, their expertise is not distribution and sales, you know, to grocery stores and things like that. And so I wanted to share these examples with you, like I said, to get kind of some of those brain juices flowing and help you start thinking, okay, that's big scale. You know, those we're talking multi-million, multi-billion dollar companies there. You know, maybe I'm only doing tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands, but the exact same principles apply. You can apply the exact same principles and have your own strategic alliances and your own joint ventures. In fact, we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, I'm going to get into a formula where I'm going to outline for you step-by-step step what you can do to have your own strategic alliances. So stay right with us. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, 
we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart and save up to 30% on toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart today. like your business to reach out and invite in our audience. We have a brand new trademark concept called Info Seeds. Info Seeds are short 20 second seeds of information about your place of business, practice or service is the best, most cost effective way to invite us in. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit the website. PetLifeRadio.com Click on sponsorship information. There you can listen to a sample of Info Seed. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities are available. Hi everybody, I'm Megan Blake here with my sidekick, Super Smiley. The giant mutt and spokes dog for throwaways. You're listening to Pet Life Radio and I'd like to tell you about our brand new show, A Super Smiley Adventure. Our show explores adventures with animals. They can be traveling, out in the world trips, or inner journeys where our animals lead us to inspiration and self-discovery. Or just plain fun adventures. Join us here on Pet Life Radio on a super smiley adventure. Good boy. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, we're back. And if you're joining us halfway through here, I want to just kind of bring you up to speed. What this latest series of audio programs is, these, these radio shows, are a series based on a consulting job that I'm doing. So I, I took on a new consulting client in the new year, and it got me thinking, you know what? There's a process that I take my clients through when I'm helping them go from A to B, you know, A being where they are, B being, you know, increased revenue. And so my new client was a grooming shop, you know, that I'm trying to help them grow their revenue. And so I started thinking, well, I'm taking them through a process. Why don't, at the same time, I start taking my listeners through a process and, uh, you know, help them understand what are some strategic things, what are some kind of blueprint things that anyone can do that can start growing their business. And so if you haven't listened to the other two radio shows in this series, I'd recommend you start there. The first one was about USP, which is your unique selling proposition. Why are you different? What makes you different? The second one was about using your database to create immediate and explosive growth. And now this third one is about JVs or joint ventures. And that's what I want to get into right now is I want to talk to you about, you know, a blueprint for what you can do to do this. Now, why would you want to do it in the first place? Some people are thinking, well, you know, yeah, Pepsi and Starbucks, they can they can do that because they've got, you know, big staffs and they've got multi-billion dollar revenues and and they, you know, they can create a whole team, you know, of dozens of people that can work on this project. I, you know, I don't have the time. I don't have the inclination. Why should I be doing this? Well, here's the thing, folks. Other businesses in your area have spent a great deal of money and likely a great deal of time investing in creating a customer and a prospect list. And so, um, like I say, let's take a, a veterinarian or a vet company or veterinary practice, sorry, I was searching for the word in my head there, you know, that's been in business for 10 years. Think about the asset that they're sitting on. They're sitting on 10 years of clients, 10 years of prospects, 10 years of people that have, 
that have basically said, hey, I trust you enough to bring my pet in here and put money down on the table so that you will help my pet. Well, they've created a wonderful relationship and they've created a wonderful list of customers, which probably numbers in the thousands. Now, you can do the same thing if you're a new business or a startup, or even if you've been in business for 20 years. You could, you know, spend 10 years and tens of thousands of dollars creating the same list. But why would you do that if you could invest a little bit of time and just gain access to that 10 years of effort, that 10 years of time investment, that 10 years of monetary investment? Why would you not want to partner with companies so that you can gain access to assets that they've created that you don't you no longer have to create. Now I say this because some people when they think of the idea of starting a new project think oh, I don't have time for a new project. Well I would maybe contend here maybe you don't have time to not do this project because again a big part of your job is getting customers to come through the door. Well if you can make that happen in a way that's leveraged where you can leverage the work of somebody else and you can joint venture with somebody else that's going to save you a lot of time. So think about it in those terms. It is you potentially can save time and have a faster speed of growth. Now I say potentially because if you don't set things up right, that's not going to happen. But that's what we're going to go over here in a second is how to do it right. Now the other thing that I kind of already alluded to is less out-of-pocket expense. It's expensive to get customers and it's expensive to get prospects. Expensive in two main senses. Expensive in time and expensive in money. So expensive in time because, you know, it takes a while to gain a customer list. But in money, you have to invest in advertising. You have to invest in your website. You have to invest in, in perhaps employees or personnel that gather the information of your clients or fulfill the services that your company offers. And so it's a very large time investment. It's a very large monetary investment. And so in doing a joint venture that's a lot less out-of-pocket expense I'm mostly referring here to the money aspect here but it's a lot less out-of-pocket expense in doing a joint venture and now the other reason that you want to do this is because doing joint ventures gives you immediate credibility you know I said something earlier I said you know giving the example of the veterinary clinic you know people have been coming into that clinic for years and have and have basically voted with their wallet saying I trust you more than anyone right now to take care of my animal well, in the case of a veterinary clinic, that means a lot of credibility, a lot of respect. You can borrow upon that credibility and respect that somebody else has created. Now, I say veterinary clinic, but the same thing with a grooming shop. You know, a grooming shop might have thousands of customers over the last several years that have voted with their wallet. I trust you enough. Dog trainer, dog walker, pet sitter, dog kennel, daycare operation. All of these are the same. People have voted with their wallet and have said, I trust you with one of my most prized assets, which is my pet. Now, maybe I shouldn't refer to it as a pet as an asset, but my prized possession, my, my best friend, my cat, my dog, what have you. And so it takes a lot of trust for someone to invest their time, money, and turn over the health, training, welfare, care, what have you, of their pet over to somebody else. And so the obvious implication there is that there's a lot of trust that's been developed on that part. And so, again, just like anything else with a joint venture, you can develop trust too. But why not tap into the trust that somebody else has developed? Again, these are all assets that somebody has created. And so you can take advantage of that if you can set it up correctly. So let me take you through five main steps here. And if you're going to take notes, I'd recommend, you know, now is the time to start taking these notes. 
But let me take you through these five main steps of how to have a successful joint venture. Number one, determine who your customer is. Now, get specific here because, you know, sometimes when I'm consulting with a client, let's say it's a dog trainer, they say, well, my client is a dog owner. No, it's not. Your client is not a dog owner. When you're a dog trainer, think about who your client really is or your potential customer or your potential prospect. It's somebody that has the money to pay for your service. It's somebody that's willing to put in time and effort in order to invest in your service. It's somebody that um, has a dog with a problem. And so your client is not just a dog owner. If you're a groomer, your client's not a dog owner. If you're a dog walker, your client is not a dog owner. There are very, you know, you can get much more specific about who your client is. Now, think about this in terms of demographics, where they live, income level. Think about this in a number of different ways. You know, for example, uh, I'll give you an example of my company because we do a handful of joint ventures uh, and we're always looking to try to do more. But we have a very high-end dog training company. And what I mean by high-end is it's high ticket. You know, our average program is close to $1,000. And so we've got a very high-end service, which means, you know, we need people with a certain income level typically. Which means that, you know, if somebody's going to be investing $1,000 or $2,000 into the training of their dog, it also means they need to be pretty dedicated to their dog. It also means that uh, maybe they need a certain amount of time to train their dog or whatever. So I'm going to be looking at certain things. I don't do a lot of joint ventures with companies in low-income areas. And I don't mean that in a rude way, but I need to find prospects that can pay for my service where we do get plenty of clients in low-income areas, it's just a smaller concentration. You know, our typical client comes from certain areas. And so think about the areas that your clients come from. And that's, you know, just geographically, you know, uh, that might be who your customer is. But again, you know, if you're a grooming shop, if you're a trainer, if you're a veterinarian, whoever the case might be, think about who your customer is. And be honest and be specific. Don't get broad here and say, oh, well, it's people who love their dogs. No, it's, that's not who it is. It's, it's much more specific. Now, once you've determined that, and, and I would even recommend you know, writing a list down you know, of, of specific characteristics of your clients and think back and you know, kind of write down who your clients have been over the past while. Now, if you're a startup, think about who your ideal client would be. Maybe you haven't, maybe you don't have a history of clients that you can go back and, and think about and put them into categories, but even if you're a startup, you can start thinking about, like I say, what you envision your ideal client is. You know, what income level, where do they live, how many dogs do they have, how many pets do they have, etc. Second, determine who is already communicating with, selling to, or taking advantage of this ideal client. And so, now I don't want you to just think in terms of pet-related businesses. So, again, I'm going to use my company as an example. So, I know that uh, because my clients are willing to pay for dog training, they're also willing to pay for veterinarians. My clients are also typically going to go to groomers, you know, people that don't want to invest money in their dogs, maybe don't go to groomers. And so veterinarians and groomers are obviously, you know, strategic alliance partners or JV partners that I want to look for. But not only that, you know, I want to look for them in certain areas, you know, where, the, where there's going to be a good concentration. And so, like I say, you want to communicate. These are people that are already communicating with my target market. But again, think within the pet industry, but outside of the pet industry. For example, I've got one JV relationship with a carpet cleaner. And so this carpet cleaner, he goes into homes, sees that there's pee on the floor from dogs, and gives them my business card and recommends me. So 
like I say, think of who's already communicating with your ideal customer. Is it a veterinarian? Is it a groomer? Is it a dog walker? Is it a carpet cleaner? Is it uh, a house cleaner? Is it a, an auto detailer? You know, there could be a variety of different companies that are already communicating with your ideal client. Now, the carpet cleaners that go out, not every one of their clients is going to be uh, an ideal client for me because probably half of their clients don't have a dog. And so they're not my ideal client, but they're going to see enough of my ideal clients that why not create a strategic alliance with them in order to, uh, in order to see some growth. So step one, determine who your customer is. Step two, determine who's already communicating with that potential customer. Step three, determine what you can offer of value to your potential JV partner. Now this maybe is one of the biggest mistakes that people make when they're you know, uh, attempting to do this because you go into vet, any vet's office and of course there's business cards for a dog trainer there. And how do, do most dog trainers do it? They walk in and say, hey, can I leave my business cards here? Sure. And they leave them there. And so they've offered zero value to, the, you know, to their joint venture partner. In fact, they haven't really even made a joint venture partner. They simply just left some, some cards on the counter. So think about what you can offer that's of value. For example, in my company, we offer some free training to our strategic alliance partners. And so, you know, they put out on their counter, you know, a little uh, post-it pad that someone takes off the note and on the note, they can call in, they can get access to some free teleseminars and things like that. And so what happens is in them getting, we're essentially offering something that's free, not to the veterinarian, but to the veterinarian's clients. Now, why does a veterinarian care about that? Well, they want to see their clients happy and they want to help their clients with their training needs. And so in us offering something of interest to their clients, we stand out and we're much more likely to get the referral than the other dog trainer that comes in and just leaves their cards on the counter. So think about what's going to set you apart. What's going to make you, you know, more, this probably isn't a word, but more endorsable, you know, <laughs> that they're more happy to endorse you because you're different. You know, so like I say, we'll, we'll offer teleseminars, we'll offer other educational materials for free to our strategic partners. Think about what you can do. Maybe it's an exclusive coupon. So you do a basic coupon and then you say, hey, we want to do exclusive coupon and uh, for your company. So let's say you're a grooming shop and you go to the, the veterinarian down the street and say, hey, I know you get a lot of clients in here. I'm sure a lot of them need some grooming. How about we do an exclusive coupon for you guys? And so it's, uh, let's say it's 10% off and we're going to put your name on it so that people know that it's coming from you. So that people know that, uh, so they're grateful to you because basically you're the one that provided the coupon. And that's, you know, that's how the client's going to see it. And so think about ways that you can make them look good in the eyes of their clients, or you can benefit their clients, or you can help them specifically. Perhaps maybe it's even a training course for their business. Maybe you're that groomer, and you can go over to the vet's office and say, hey, you know, we've got this really great way that we clip nails. Let me show you how to do it. And some people might say, well, no, because then they're not going to recommend people to us. Well, guess what? If you can start giving them some great value, they're going to like you that much more, and maybe they don't recommend people to get their nails clipped at your grooming shop, but they're going to recommend that people go over there for grooming. And so, again, to determine what you can do that's going to be of value to a strategic partner. might be something simple of just some you know, free education or something like that, 
might be something more complex if you come do seminars at their at their place of business that's going to help them or their clients. But think of something of value so that you really stand out. And number four, make the offer. And so figure out what's the best way to make the offer. Like I say, we set up a little stand that goes on the counter at the groomer or it goes on the counter at the veterinarian. And it says, hey, get some free educational material about dog training, blah, blah, blah. And they pull off a post-it note. What I've also done in the past is an endorsed mailing. Uh, and I did it by email in the past, but you can also do it with postcard or what have you, to where you get, you know, let's say it's a veterinarian. You get the veterinarian to email or send out a postcard to all of their clients recommending you. Now, typically when you do this, you're going to be the one that's writing up the information. If they believe in your services enough, you know, like I say, let's say you're a dog trainer and you get a great relationship with the veterinarian and you say, hey, Mr. Veterinarian, we'd like, or Mrs. Veterinarian, we'd like to sponsor a mailing. And so we'll pay for the mailing, but you send it out to your people and it's going to benefit you a number of ways. It's going to make you look good because we're going to give them an offer. You know, we're going to give your people an offer for some excellent dog training. It's going to make you look good because it's just going to simply put you in front of them again, remind you that you exist, and maybe that's going to bring in some clients that haven't been in in a while. It's going to make you look good because it shows them that you care about them. And so again, it's you basically doing a favor for them, making them look good, but you're obviously reaping the benefit as well. And so figure out what is the best way to make your offer. And so those are four steps. Now I mentioned there's five. And the fifth one is kind of a little bit of a twist. But those four steps, if you can determine who your customer is, who's already communicating with them, what you can offer a value to a potential partner, and then make the offer, you can do some amazing things as far as getting new clients in your door and as far as getting access to a whole new group of people in one fell swoop. You know, you might get access to hundreds of people or thousands of people just like that, just by making one relationship. Now, can you think of any other way that you can get in front of hundreds or thousands of people in a way that's free? I mean, you can go right now and you can put an ad in your local newspaper and, and get sent out to 20,000 people, but does it have the credibility of being endorsed by someone that they trust? Or is it going out specifically to your type of customer? Not likely. I mean, if you send out something in a newspaper to 20,000 people, how targeted is that? You know, half the people aren't going to have a dog. In fact, more than half of the people aren't going to have a dog. And of those that do have a dog or a pet, maybe they don't need your service. And so out of those 20,000 people, you might only actually be talking to 500 people or 100 people that are actually your target customers. And like I say, you're doing it in a way that costs you a big amount of money to do it, and you're doing it in a way that is not endorsed and, and gives you no credibility. Whereas if you make that strategic alliance with somebody that offers you credibility and has your target market right there and is free, think about this, folks. This is so much more valuable than advertising or traditional advertising. This is so much more valuable than placing an ad. Now, the reason why some people are going to listen to this and still go place ads, well, I'm not saying ads are bad, but they're going to place ads instead of doing joint ventures is because a joint venture takes some work up front. You have to develop this relationship, and some people are going to be too lazy to do that. And that's just the truth. It's, you know, sometimes I'm too lazy to do things too, so I get it. But think about the leverage that this joint venture gives you over so many other different types of marketing, and I want you to consider it. Now, step five. This is, I'm still talking about joint ventures now, but I'm going to reverse it around a little bit. What about joint venturing with your list? And so ideally, and like I say in our last radio show, we talked about 
accessing your database and getting your database in order and marketing to your database. Well, let's say you are that grooming shop and you've got 5,000 people on your list. Well, think about what other things your clients need. Maybe you've got 5,000 dog owners. Well, they probably need carpet cleaning. Why don't you call up a carpet cleaner and say, hey, you know, I'd love to email my clients on your behalf. I just need to get 10%. And so let's say it's 5,000. Let's say 50 people take you up on the offer, which is an okay. Let's say 100 people take you up on the offer. And 100 people buy $100 worth of carpet cleaning. What's that equal? 10,000 and you get 10%. So there's 1,000 bucks. 1,000 bucks and you emailed your people. That's it. I've done this a lot with my list, you know, to where I find a product that's non-competitive but complementary to what I'm doing and, you know, I mail them about it or I email them about it and as a result, I end up with some money. In fact, I did it not too long ago. There was an online product coming out. It was an informational product. I emailed my list about it and I made $500. It was $500 that was free. You know, I had already developed my asset of a list of people and now I was just mailing to them and, uh you know, something that I knew that was going to be good for them, and I made $500. Fairly simple, guys. So think about, like I say, I mentioned some earlier, lawn care, car detailing, carpet cleaning, house cleaning. Maybe you have a friend or a family member that owns a business and you'd like to, uh, you know, do a coupon for them or something like that. You know, think about what you can be offering your people that maybe has nothing to do with your service but has everything to do with what your clientele needs and get a commission off of it. Obviously, do some joint ventures with people that you can trust so you know that they're going to pay you the commission. And if they don't pay you the commission, then then you know what? You just don't work with them again. But work with people that you trust and get some extra revenue coming in for literally no work on your part. You're not going to be going and cleaning those carpets. You're not going to be one fielding the phone calls and, and scheduling the carpet cleaning and doing the, you know, all that good stuff. You're going to be the one cashing the check. Folks, I hope I'm getting towards the end here, and I'm hoping that as you've been listening, you know, that you've been salivating, literally thinking, oh my gosh, I could go do a joint venture with this company and, and oh, or, or I could offer this product to my list or, or what have you. And I hope you're realizing the immense power that joint ventures have for quick growth, both short-term and long-term growth. And so, again, I hope you've been taking some notes. I hope you uh, have gotten some great ideas and that you actually get out there and apply these ideas. So, time to get to work. Now, if you have any ideas for a show or have questions for me, email me at ty at petliferadio.com or go to my website, sixfiguredogbusiness.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on petliferadio.com.